So, as you know, we're about to hit episode 250. Yeah, any yeah. We, any week now? I mean, it, it could be any week now. I don't keep track of the numbers well, but... uh, It's, it's a couple of weeks now. It's, it's not It's not okay, far it's off. Okay, I, mean, I knew it was coming up. I, think I knew we were in the ballpark. Yeah, we're not, we're not far off. Yeah. So I decided, you know, it'd be nice just do a nice, like, celebrating 250, uh, like, Queer and Pleasant Strangers logo. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, okay. I, I, so I stuck it up on the old social medias. Oh, lovely! I'm just gonna, uh, just gonna see how people are reacting. Ah, ah, that's. Hmm. I, I, I should say it's unexpected. Right. But also, this is something I've placed onto the internet, and therefore, I should have expected this, of course. Right. Right. So. Obviously, it was it was two fifty with the 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 quips rainbow in oh, the background. Oh, I see, I see, I see what you've done. Yes, yeah, you know, it's 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 like got the the number in there and the, yeah. the quips logo, and um, yeah, lot lot of people saying that the, is this when quips went woke. Wait, wait, what, what? Yeah, that there are they're asking if 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 we've. Gone, gone, gone. Woke. Wait, wait. What is this? Because is this because of the rainbow in the in 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 it? There are several mentions of of that being they, the issue. They think we've gone woke because we've got a rainbow in the logo of a show called Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Yes, that has repeatedly had jokes about building guillotines and eating the rich. That, and... that opens every time by talking about the trans women that do the show. Yes. We're, yes. We're, Apparently this was too much for some people. Oh, a rainbow, people who, that's the wokery. People who claim to have been listening to us forever. I, you I'm, see what I mean, I, right? I, we shouldn't be surprised. But, I shouldn't and yet, be surprised, but yet I'm and surprised. Yet. And yet I'm surprised. And yet. And yet. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast between queer trans women. It's us. We're wives. We're married in that. We do that. We, we catch up on the media we've consumed in the week, some of together, some apart, while doing silly voices and skits to try and make each other have a bit of a giggle and a yeah. catch up. It's us doing a thing together. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? No, I'm sore. I'm very sore. Oh, no. And chilly. It's so chilly. It's so chilly. But since we last recorded this, we got our first copies of Who Wants the Whale. We did. The author copies are here, and, yeah. and I get some too because I'm also an author now. Yeah, we've 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 got what a dozen copies between the two of us. Yeah, that we get to have and be like, oh hey, that's a book. We can sometimes like, uh, we we did a podcast uh, guest the other day where we held them up on camera and we're like, look yeah. at this. We had these. We did. Look at the thing we made. I got to hold up Mario's butt as well because they hadn't heard of that and they needed to know. Exactly. Ah, uh, so we we are we are in the midst of book season. We've we started doing the press tour. Ooh. We're about to have our entire place that we live filled with boxes full of books. Yep. It begins. It does begin. Ah, yeah. Are you a moisturizer on standby? Oh, indeed. Ready to have indeed. all the fluid sucked out of our hands? Exactly. Uh, but that's why I've been playing a bunch of stuff this week because Ooh. you know, once these books to sign show up, we're going to have time to watch things and listen to things while we sign, but I'm not going to be able to play things while we sign. Good thinking. What have you been? What have you been playing this week? Oh well, I didn't have that ability, so I haven't got many things to talk oh, well, about. Right. I, I will I, do anyway. I, I've I'll got talk. a few things. Uh, I, I played some Door Romantic. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's been nice to go back and, and just lay some little hex tiles and, and build out little sort of towny, villagey countryside yeah. areas. We've, we've talked about that game on this show before. We Place have. a bunch of hexes. There is like a score-based mode of trying to do objectives. Or you can just calmly make little cities. It's yeah. adorable. I, I tend to just start by playing the score mode and then when my... When my uh, you know, tiles run out from that, just go straight into the creative mode, using that as a base of like, hey, now let's fill it all in and, and do some extra bits and make the chains bigger. Yeah. It's it's nice to, you know, do that, but not worry too much. Yeah. It's, I think Dorf Romantic of all of those, just do something nice and calm and quiet. I, I think Dorf Romantic massively succeeds, whereas, uh, what was it called? Block? Oh, the, really? the very tiny one. Yeah, I really yeah. don't think that managed quite the same yes. charm. Uh, Dwarf Romantic, I think, succeeds because A, it has like a more meaty, if you want to go for the gameplay type thing, it has more of like an actual gameplay mechanic loop, but also because when you get to just making your nice aesthetic thing, there is more space to get big and aesthetic with it. There is more space, there is more aesthetic, there is... A whole bunch of like different biomes. Yeah, like you can sort of find your way into like the enchanted forest or like the the more summary bits. And as as your village sort of builds itself out and out, you can can find all sorts of beautiful things yeah. and, and and have various expl- explorations with that. And it's just lovely to be able to to experience all that. And I think the variety helps a little bit. Yeah, and um, and also the the slightly more free uh, rotating, because as mm. I mentioned with block, the the problem of going, I can't necessarily see the floor on every single block uh, block here where I want to place a new thing, and I'm just sort of pixel hunting around hoping for the best. Yeah, but yeah, I, it's been nice to go back to that and and mess about with uh, in that and enjoying all the deer and. I've unlocked a bunch of new stuff. It seems like there's been a few updates since I last played it. Mm. Realised I hadn't played since 2001. Like, what? Doesn't seem that long. Wait, you haven't played since 2001? I hadn't played Dwarf Romantic since... Two th- uh, sorry, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I had a one in it. You know what I meant. <laughs> I, yeah, I was I was confused. I thought you were going to go into a story about a glitch or a bug. No. <laughs> no, no. I've, I've had yeah. this a lot recently, like, checking my... um. Uh, like steam based uh like ordering it by uh when you last played and what's mm. installed it's like i haven't uninstalled it at any point but apparently i didn't play it for over a year somehow sometimes that's how it is yeah what about you have you played anything else uh yeah so i'll i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna start with forespoken ah. um a game that I mean, look, it's never a good sign when reviews don't go up until the minute a game releases, and even then I didn't get my review code until a couple of hours later. But, like, let's talk about it as what it actually is. Mm -hmm. Forspoken is kind of an open-world action RPG, sort of gameplay-wise in the vein of... It's from Square Enix, and it feels like it it, it it tries to fill that sort of Final Fantasy XV, Final Fantasy VII remake. Um... uh, uh, mold of being a more action-oriented game that definitely has its roots in more traditional RPGs. Um, The game follows Frey, a young woman from New York who, at an incredibly low point in her life, falls through a magic portal to a fantasy realm and 
She has a magic, a big magic bracelet on her arm that it can talk to her and she can talk to it, but no one else can hear it talking. And it helps her do magic powers. And this world has been taken over by a big corruption. And the the four sort of matriarchal women that used to be the sort of um, a benevolent, uh, very positive rulers uh, have now turned evil and uh, everything's gone bad. And you run around the world trying to trying to fix everything and find your way home. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about the accessibility stuff in 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 passing quickly. For a Square Enix game, I was really impressed with the stuff that was on 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 show here. Even if I do have little quibbles, um, there is a lot of good options for changing difficulty for doing things like uh being auto being able to automatically evade all but the most serious boss attacks uh, without penalty. Uh, being able to drastically reduce damage, input taken, a lot of things like this that are really nice to see, um, more obvious visual indicators for the kind of big attacks that are coming from bosses, which can be really nice. Um, I have I have problems with this game, but I don't want to say that I don't think there's anything worthwhile to find in it. Um, hmm. I'm going to get a thing out the way that is not, um, that I was not the person who said, but I think it is important to point to. There have been some some good bits of reporting from, from black writers specifically about the fact that this game was written by a team of largely white writers, and there are some moments in this game that just come across as a bit tone deaf, or at the very least not aware of the realities of black life. Uh, in a way that is kind of awkward when you have a black protagonist. Um, mm. Again, not my not my position to make those judgments, but there is there is enough of it doing the rounds that I think it's worth looking at. There was a piece from late twenty twenty one on Kotaku about a preview event for the game, for example, where one of the writers really fucking put their foot in it and said some very uh, very ill placed words that like do not inspire confidence mm. and having played the start of the game i'm already to start starting to see myself things where i go yeah i can see how this probably wouldn't have happened with less of the writing team being white you might have avoided some of these things right um additionally i'll get the elephant in the room out and talk about it the dialogue is a it's an acquired taste and it's inconsistent. Right. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and give this a nuanced take. Because I've seen a lot of like people just tearing into this with absolutely no nuance. I think that this game has moments of genuine charm in its writing. Moments where it is like very personable, very amusing, very, like, very fun. I also think that it's true to say that at moments the dialogue in the game comes across like... Um, an all-white cast early 2000s Disney Channel original movie trailer. Right. Um, there are moments where it's very like, uh, then Billy went to his friend and so, and oh, whoa! That's, there's moments that have that energy. Right. And I've seen a lot of people sharing clips of some of the more awkward moments and like dunking on the game as the worst written and performed game ever. I, I think that is like complete and utter fucking hyperbole. I think that there are definitely some awkward moments. But I think generally what I feel about the dialogue in this game is that it is deliberately a little bit jarring in a way that I think is a deliberate artistic choice 
that takes some getting used to. It is a fish-out-of-water narrative of someone who has fallen into a world that is not their own, and you have deliberate juxtaposition between your sort of fantasy setting that this character has fallen into with very formal ye olde medieval English going on, and someone who is honestly just speaking like a young adult in from the United States today who is rightly very overwhelmed by being in an entire other world. That's fair. And I think that it does make for at times some 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 slightly jarring exchanges. I think that it is deliberate and that it is it is intentional. Uh, but it, it is not going to be everyone's cup of tea. The thing I think is more of an issue with the dialogue is twofold. There's weird pauses in cuts. Uh, like, often... It's not the dialogue itself. It's not the writing or the performances. The game has been cut weirdly so that there are sometimes awkward pauses in the middle of what should be naturally flowing dialogue. Right. And that doesn't help with the fact it sometimes feels stilted. Yeah. But more so, more than any of this, the problem I have with the dialogue is anytime you are having, like, a conversation with your cuff, and this has happened, like, multiple times in only a few hours of playing, you are rooted to the spot and cannot move while having these conversations. And it's not like you're having a conversation with another NPC and you're getting camera cuts to their face to sort of keep things interested. You're just stood there. Not not in a cutscene, having a conversation with your 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 bracelet, your cuff, and like you can't just have like be walking while doing it. And there's no reason like the character's literally connected to you. It is so frustrating being able to move the camera, but not move your feet and have a walk while you tell me this. Yeah. It's it's things like that that make the make the dialogue annoying. Like I want to say that I th there are genuinely funny moments in this. There are moments I think are very sweet. Um, but things like this don't help when placed alongside dialogue that is deliberately clashing in like with itself in certain conversations or that is admittedly kind of cheesy in some places. Um, the gameplay, I love the open world traversal. You have a sprinting parkour mechanic where you do magic parkour, and it feels fucking great. Okay. Um, it's not quite on the level, I would say, of something like uh, Marvel Spider-Man, where like actively I am enjoying the sheer act of moving around this world dis outside of getting where I'm going. Yeah. But I would compare it to like the next step down from there, which is Saints Row Four. Where, like, I never once in that game felt the need to use a car because it was too fun to, like, sprint and leap across buildings. Yeah. It's in that category. Where it's like, oh, you've given me a big open world game where without, like, any upgrades beyond, like, basically once the game gets going, I can move really fast with good control of my character with the ability to leap and just get where I'm going. Mm. And that's really nice. And I appreciate that a lot. Uh, the combat is mixed. Um... You basically have two buttons you'll be using in most of combat. Uh, well, well, you, you've got three. You've got dodge, you've got support uh, support magic, and you've got attack magic. Mm -hmm. The problem with support and attack magic is that as default, you map one support skill to L2 and one attack to R2, and you then just mash those, and you it, and you do do those over and over. Well, that sounds satisfying. If, if you want to change attack or you want to change support skill, support's not so bad. There is a setting I would recommend in the 
uh, in, in the accessibility menu that allows you to, if you've got a support skill and it's on a cooldown, it'll automatically switch to another one that isn't on cooldown so that you can you can use that. That's really appreciated. back to the original one when, once that's finished. Yes, once the original okay. one has it, it has finished its cooldown, it'll pop back up as well. Mm. Um, attack has no such option because you don't have a cooldown on attacks. Uh, if you want to change what attack you're doing, you have to pull up a radial menu that slows down time, point your analog stick, pick a new attack, and then get back to mashing R. And, like, it's not inherently bad in and of itself, but it feels like a missed opportunity when you compare it to the kind of games it feels like uh, it deserves being compared to. Even stuff like Final Fantasy XV, but, like, more more so, I want to be able to play this like a Devil May Cry or a Bayonetta where I am, like, comboing between my different attacks. Mm. And later, there is a little bit of ability to do this in that you get different, um, like, skill sets of magic. So you might have, like, the uh, the earth magic and the fire magic. Yeah. And you can, with a D-pad tap, swap, say, from the earth magic to the fire magic, but you can't switch between earth attack one and earth attack two and earth attack three without stopping the flow of combat to pull up the radial menu. Right. So, like, later you get some ability to go, okay, well, I'll pick the one earth ability attack I want to be using and the one fire attack I want to be using and presumably more after that and be able to cycle through them kind of mid-combo. But, like, it it feels less fluid in that regard than I would have liked. Um, I don't think this is in any way an unredeemable game. I think that, like, there is genuinely pretty endearing stuff in here. But, like, the, the game is inconsistent. It's all over the place. Like, one minute I'll be going... I genuinely really like Frey as a main character. I, I, I appreciate a lot of her motivations. I really want to root for her. The next minute I'll be uh, in a burning building and there's there's cash on the floor and I'm like, try, there's an interact prompt. I try and interact with the bag of cash to take it and it's like, no, 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 you, you must find your cat first. Uh, I'm like, well, I'm literally right here. I could just grab it on my way. Like, no, 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 you got to find your cat first and you go find your cat and then the bag of money's burned. It's like, oh, I can't believe you didn't pick the money up first. Uh. Like, things like that where it's just like, there's little, there's little frustrations in what is otherwise like there are moments where i really want to like this and moments where i'm like i get what you're trying to do and i i understand the deliberate choice but it just isn't working for me and moments that there are moments there are moments i wish this game was more goofy than it was almost Mm. because i feel like i've seen people making the i I, maybe a little disingenuous comparison of People who complain about the dialogue in this being like, oh, but you liked, uh, say, High on Life or uh, insert other game that has like very chatty, self-referential dialogue going on. And I'm like, mm. uh, you know, ju- uh, Justin Roiland's a piece of shit. But point aside, High on Life works because it leans into knowing its nonsense. Yes. This doesn't feel like it's being deliberately silly in those moments. Like, I, I, I would be happy if this lent more into being like a kingdom hearts and we i got lines of dialogue said with a straight face like uh, a heart can live anywhere even in data even in data even in data wow. like it feels like it is straddling a line of it's not sure at times whether it wants to be serious or whether it wants to be silly hmm. and i think like much like the conversations between the medieval fantasy people and and modern day person it feels like it's torn between two things it's trying to be and it 
I need a lot more time with this game to tell how I ultimately feel about it. Yeah. I think there are really interesting things about... Oh, other thing I will mention if you're considering picking it up, despite the fact it's it's uh, it's sort of pitched as an open world game, it took me somewhere between two and three hours to reach the open world. Two and three hours that was... I had like a boss fight, but largely it was cutscenes and walking along corridors and then cutscenes. Yeah. It, it really takes its time to get going. Um... But that's Forspoken. I, I, I want to know. I want to play more of it. I want to see how it turns out. I understand the all over the place reviews it's getting. Yeah. It is hard to nail down how I feel about it. I understand. Um, what about you? You played anything else this week? Not really. Not stuff that we haven't talked about for the last four weeks anyway. So That's, that's fair. Um, well, in that case, I played two more games because I, I played this week's Playdate games. Oh, yes. Tell us, tell us. I'm a little handheld with my little crank. Uh, so this week's games were Zipper and Hyper Meteor. Okay. Two very simple games to talk about. They're going to be like, they're, they're some of the simpler games to explain I've played. Um, mm. Zipper is a grid-based um, assassination samurai game. Okay. Um, you, when you enter a room... Like a tactic style? Uh, sort of. So when you enter a room... There is you, you're, you're being a samurai, and there are a couple of other samurais in the room. And the thing is, you can only move in straight lines, along grids, and however many spaces you move, the other samurai will get to move that many spaces as well. Okay. Um, and you've got quite a huge lengthy ability to go in a straight line in, in one direction. And what you're basically trying to do is get a straight line that carries you past another samurai so that before they realize what's happening, you've gone past them and killed them on the way. Like, you're doing, like, very fast linear slashes and sort of they're like... You're doing that thing from the movies where it's... Yeah, it's the, oh my god, he's coming so fast, and before they've even finished the sentence, they've fallen to the ground. Yeah. Um, But obviously, like, the you can do the big slashes from a big distance... But if there's another enemy, like, you know, oh, I'm in a straight line right now so I can get that enemy number one and kill them. But I'll have to go a really long distance to get that kill right now, which is going to give that other enemy so many spaces of movement to come get me before I get a chance to retaliate. Yeah. It's a little bit super hot almost in that sort of the enemies only move when you move. Be cautious a little bit with your movement until you are confident you can safely get the kill in yeah um but in a sort of isometric grid-based samurai game my only real problem with it maybe i just need to play further is right now i've not yet found any checkpoints oh my and uh one one failed the, the the other samurai got you you are dead and so far it has been throwing me back to the entire start of the game wow and it i'm hoping that i've just been getting like just shy of a checkpoint just shy of a checkpoint but, like, this might be the thing that turns me off. This what if it's is... Ninja Gaiden? <laughs> yeah. Like, I... If I could checkpoint more, regu- more regularly than I hope this is checkpointing, um, I would probably enjoy it a lot more than I am. Yeah. But I'm, I'm already going... I'm having to play through these early levels again and again just to get back to where I'm going. Mm. Um, like, some sense of where I am progression-wise toward a checkpoint would be helpful. Yeah. Uh, the other one is a Hyper Meteor, and it's pretty simple to explain. You use the crank to turn, 
it is asteroids, but if instead of firing bullets to destroy the asteroids, you had to uh, dash your ship forward into the asteroids. Today is a good day to die. Today is a good day to die. The asteroids tend to have a, a white section, which you can destroy by bashing into, and a black section that if you bash into it, you will be destroyed and lose a life. Uh, eventually projectiles will start coming at you that you have to dodge as well, but it's basically just use the crank to orient your ship, press a button to dash in that direction either to avoid projectiles or to smack into an asteroid to, dis- uh, to destroy it. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's asteroids. It's asteroids but with a, with a dashing mechanic rather than firing bullets. Hmm. It controls really nicely. Hmm. It is enough of a tweak on a classic formula to feel like its own unique, distinct thing hmm. while being familiar enough that like very little explanation needed just play asteroids, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta bash the asteroids. This is definitely the one of the two this week. Um, of the two games I played this week, this is the one that, like, I think I'm gonna stick with. Hmm. It's fun. It's quick. It makes really good use of the crank, and it is just, it is a, it is a neat little mechanic and a neat little spin on the classic. So, how far through the Playdate season one are you at the moment? Um, I will double check, but I think I am about halfway through season one. Um, and, and how are you feeling overall halfway through season one, roughly? Uh, halfway-ish through season one, I'm feeling really good. Um, I feel like there is a good number of, like, in-depth, uh, big games on it that, like, I haven't completed that I'm going to come back to that are going to take me a while to complete. Mm-hmm. There is a good number of... Um, silly little score attack things that are going to be perfect for like throw this in my bag while traveling, play a couple of quick sessions kind of games. Yeah. Um, there's been very little in the way of of games I haven't enjoyed so far. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, Demon Hunter that I think I talked about last week about. Tra- uh, no, I might not have talked about no, it last week. No, we didn't because you hadn't no, had right. a chance to play them yet. Yeah, I played a game called Demon Hunter. Demon Hunter eighty five, I think it was called last week. Um, about trying to do rituals to summon demons to help with like teenagers' high school problems. Um, love the sense of humor in that, but I didn't love that every time you wanted to see whether the combination you'd done worked, you had to go through a dialogue tree yeah. again and again t- to find out if you'd been successful. It sounded frustrating. It was frustrating on what was actually otherwise like a very charming game. Boogie Loops didn't really grab me, and... Um, zipper this week is going to depend on whether there's checkpoints as to how I feel about it. Mm. But like th- that, other than that, they've all been like things that I've really enjoyed that I'll definitely see myself coming back to. Mm. Um, let me have a look. So so far I've played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I am exactly halfway through mm. the first season of uh, of games. Yeah. I've got another what six weeks of weekly games showing up. Mm-hmm. Um. Including having a little look forward. Next week seems to be a role-playing chess simulator, uh, Chesty Quest, yeah. and Executive Golf DX. Wow! Which both sound amusing. Uh, play golf with an executive. Yeah. Literally using them as a ball. <laughs> uh, I know there's a, a game about potion making. I'm looking forward to. Um, there's there's a bunch of stuff I'm excited about that I've seen little artwork for that I'm excited to see. I already feel like I'm getting my money's worth out of this. It's been really nice to have just a weekly dose of here's some small little games to ha- to just play around with some some things that are some novelty. New. Yeah, uh, I think that's everything really I've played this week. Well then, <gasps> time for this.
Right, everyone, everyone, welcome, welcome, uh, Wizards of the Coast team. The the mandate has come down from, from Hasbro that we are still required to find ways to monetize Dungeons & Dragons because apparently they haven't learned anything from, from the last time they asked us to make monetization pushes. Well, they said that, that it's severely under-monetized. Uh, yeah, they are saying that, so it's our job to come up with uh, things that we could add to D&D uh, because... Uh, look, they're upping their, their their expectations. They want us to make this a £100 per month per player investment. We've got to come up with like £100 per month's worth of new exciting features to offer players. So like, right. what, what, you, what have you got that's exciting and new? Well, we, we you know how we tend to release a new book every uh, every four months? Yes. Every three or four months we get a new book yes. out yes. and that's a good way of, of publishing, monetizing more. What if instead of that we split those books in half and we did eight per year instead of four and that we still charge the same amount of money for them. I think that's a given. That's a good starting point, but I think we can go more ambitious than this. I think, uh, what if we made it, um, illegal to have a DM screen unless you paid for our subscription because then DMs wouldn't be able to fudge the numbers, uh, you know, for, for dramatic effect uh, which would, would ruin a lot of uh, narrative-heavy DMs' uh, sort of uh, secrecy. We, we, we could really ruin that and sell them back to them as premium. Right, yes. What What if we took their DM screens and replaced it with a special kind of DM screen and uh, they didn't know that... It, like the Peloton thing. And if you stop paying the license ever, it just becomes completely transparent. Oh, wonderful. That and at a... that point, also, they won't be able to read any of the little rules for things like grapple, which no one can ever remember oh, grapple. Oh, God, yeah, no one can ever remember grapple. And they always have to look it up in the book, yes. and it's always on the back of the player's hand, the, the, the uh, Dungeon Master's uh, yes. screen, and then it goes blank, and then they can never read it. Well, <laughs> how's about this? How's about this? Right. Um, uh, 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 we, make a, we make a physical microtransaction. Right. It's, it's like uh, it's, it's a voucher or a token or something you right. buy, and it's like... Uh, Maybe it's like it's like um maybe maybe it's a hundred pounds by itself because I think a lot of people would buy this. Right. Yes. Um, you take it to a physical D and D session with your your DM, yes. and uh, you are able to put this down and be like, uh, I I am I get a I get a natural twenty on this roll. Oh, a, I have like a, advantage. A, yes, a ticket I, for advantage. I have a ticket for advantage. I have a I have a guaranteed success coin, and your DM is is required to accept it. Uh, but then the DM has to send it back to us, uh, and then you have to purchase more of them. It's yes, sort of a... we could sell them in bundles, where for like for ninety nine dollars ninety nine that they could buy like, uh, say three thousand of them. Oh, wonderful! Or we could, you know, we could we could do the first one as like a little bundle of like here's your first thirty, and they only cost a dollar. Oh, oh I you see. Could, you could, we could go really go for the mobile microtransaction vibe. Oh, there. Exactly. What if what if uh, when your character dies, you could you know whether it's in in physical or or uh, uh, digital. You, you could pay a real money microtransaction and your DM has to let you bring the character back to life. Yes, because they'll have signed the new OGL 3.0. Exactly, exactly. I, 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 I think with these and some further investment into uh, our, our uh, AI DM technology, once we can get that sort of uh, Matt Mercer bot going, uh, we'll, we'll be sorted probably. It's absolutely perfect. Between this and our decision to put Transformers into dice... I think we're, we're, we're really going to get some proper profit that the shareholders will be very happy with. Very happy indeed. <laughs> uh, 
I was wondering when you'd show up. Yes, yes, I, I have come to finally deal deal with you and uh, get this get this sorted out. Ah, of course, my nemesis. Why don't you come in, please? Have some sherry. Uh, no, no, thank you. I, I will, I will pass. I am here no, to, I am here to stop your evil dastardly plans. Not to have sherry. Well, of course you would, of course. Well, if you'll allow me a moment to monologue while while doing this, may I interest you in a particularly bland biscuit? No, 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 no. You won't, no. You won't be tricking me there. Oh. It's probably cyanide or something. No, I thank you. you no, isn't. thank you. Monologue no, away, no. and I will dryly and soberly listen to your monologue. Well, I'll tell you my plan. Would you care for some creme anglaise while I'm, I'm here? No, 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 no. no I no. will, I will continue saying. I, I, well, I, I, no. I, okay. Well, I will continue going a jelly. No, no, jelly. no, no jelly. No. no. Stop! Stop! I need you to stop right here. I need you to stop trifling with me. Oh, I, I thought it would be. The most I- I- ironic pun death of all all time. Well, blamange. I've never been so aggressively blamanged. So, <sighs> what have you put in your eyes? What have I put in my eyes? Um, we watched uh, the second episode of The Last of Us. We did. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So you're coming for this from the point of view of someone who has played Last of Us, and yes. I am for someone who has not. You you know, like, the very basic overarching idea. I know the very basic overarching idea, and I know what I have seen in clips that you've sent me to edit into episodes of AI. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, I'll, I'll very briefly say what I thought as someone that's played the game. I continue to think what I thought last week, that the... Additions that are being made to the narrative here are largely for the best. I think they are fleshing out the world outside of, not only just outside of Joel, but outside of the United States and mm. fleshing out the world that this event has happened in. I think that the changes around how the infection spreads and the infected get infected, I think makes sense for the adaptation they're telling. And I, 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 I think that they have made good use of that change. And gone, okay, if we make this change, what interesting stuff does that lead to? I I continue to be very impressed by by the, uh, the, the main cast of actors. I think they're doing a very good job at emulating the energy of the performances without trying to one-to-one -one mm. the, 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 the previous performers. Uh, I'm curious what you think as someone who's coming into this as this is your main The Last of Us experience. It's a good zombie show. Yeah, the 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 kiss thing was pretty freaky. Yeah, um, I ha enjoyed the the opening of this with the the terrified scientist yeah. being like, "Make the worst decision, just do this and do it now. There there is nothing we can do, and there is no stopping this. Destroy it now while you can." Yes. I have very much enjoyed the ongoing theme that is terrified mycologists. Yes. Terrified my... I, I hope every one of the nine episodes starts with a different <laughs> terrified mycologist. If there's no terrified mycologist, what are we even doing? Exactly. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's it's visually interesting. Yeah. I I liked that we had a an exploding building without being... 
we spent our entire budget on petrol. Yes. Like, it was a, a good, believable explosion that didn't yeah. do the Hollywood, we have to destroy everything. Even though yeah. there was, like, supposedly, like, what, like, three drums of petrol and, like, yeah. 12 grenades in there. They, they, they didn't overblow it on episode two. And I've heard from other reviewers that that took place in the same building that it took place in the games in. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was pretty cool. Uh, I I like what they've done now that we're finally seeing the like the the practical effects um uh, uh clickers, clickers yeah. yeah uh or the infected generally I think they've done a good job with that makeup I think they've done a I think they've done an impressive job of translating the core gameplay loop into something that is interesting as narrative mm. of quietly try to not make sound there are going to be things that if you accidentally step on are going to alert these things and you are kind of fucked these things can be killed but they take a lot of bullets to kill and you really want to just get through a place quietly rather than fighting if you can a lot of that stuff i think has carried over really well without feeling Mm. like it's right now we're going to do a video game level yeah and i think i I mean, with one exception of as soon as that one character did that thing, I went, I better know what's happened here. And I, I was right. Yeah, from, but yeah. I think that's me more knowing horror movie tropes yeah. than... And I, I think that even knowing that it had probably happened didn't change the fact that it was still like very well performed when it all came to a head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. I am curious sort of what happens now. Because uh, obviously no spoilers, but yeah. I, I I am struggling from an outside perspective to see how the characters proceed from here without 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 being spoilery, yeah. and we um, will talk about this probably. With, with a, yeah, without without spoilers, don't worry. I'm not worried. Yeah. I'm just curious. I'm yeah. curious more than anything else. Yeah, I've I've got a pretty solid idea of where they're where they're probably gonna go go next. Oh, it's not about yeah. the where; it's the why. Well, y- yes, that's that's the thing. There is, there is a there is an answer that will lead to the why the why of the where the why of the where exactly. I am the why of the where. Yeah. Ooh. Um. Other than that. I watched the first ten episodes of the English dub of Pokemon Journeys. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah. Uh, this is the Pokemon series that uh, sort of is going to lead up to, I think it then becomes Master Journeys, and then that leads into like the end of Ash and Pikachu's oh, Pokemon. Okay. So this is still Ash so, and Pikachu. Yeah. So I've gone backwards to like basically the start of the Sun and Moon... Uh, uh, basically gone back to the Sword and Shield era of Pokemon. Um, interestingly, the Pokemon anime, uh, when it introduces Galar as a region, doesn't do the thing that, like, most of the previous seasons do, where it's like, Ash is going on a journey to Galar and is going to spend all of his time in fantasy Britain. Mm. This season has been largely, like, hopping back and forth between not only the uh, Galar, the region from Sword and Shield, but also other regions from past series and sort of hopping around... Uh, sort of having like very all over the place adventures. Okay. Um, I very. How is he affording all this travel? Um, he's working as a research assistant for a Pokemon, uh, for a Pokemon professor's lab. Okay. Um, so all of his sort of excursions are contextualized as 
it's going and going expense. and doing research that will then be reported back to the professor. Um, For a ten-year-old, he's, yeah. he's, he's quite. He's been a research traveled. fellow. It's been it's been a lot. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the uh the the um uh the sidekick character so far this season. Um, who basically Ash is like, I want to be a Pokemon master. Um, what does that mean? It's a generic A. Maybe it means I want to be the strongest, but like, yeah, it means a lot of things. I want to be the best. Like Just no generally. One ever was. Um, his uh his his sort of co-companion is very explicitly I want to catch one of every Pokemon, and I mean this in a world where each legendary there's only one of. I recognize that. Uh, to the degree where, like, he wanted his starter Pokemon to be Mew. He was like, my first Pokemon I catch ever is going to be Mew. I'm uh-huh. going to do it. I'm going to start as I mean to go on. And he doesn't... He ultimately catches a Pokemon that isn't Mew as his first Pokemon, but the the sort of narrative that leads uh, as to why he wanted to catch Mew first, and then the narrative that leads to him catching a different Pokemon is really sweet and well thought through. Okay. He has this really nice little encounter with... Uh, a score bunny, the fire type starter from Sword and Shield, um, uh, basically like helps this score bunny out of the goodness of his own heart, potentially to his own detriment. Score bunny's like, I really like you. I want a journey with you. Um, and Hop, uh, it's not. Is it Hop? I can't. Yeah, I think it's Hop. Um, does not want to have the like the the score bunny's like yeah please catch me i want to be i want to be your pokemon uh, and he's like no no i'm really sorry you're lovely but like i'm catching mew first sorry bye um and then he comes around and is like no 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 uh, you 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 are the one i will i will compromise on what my plan had been but i'm still going to catch them all but you're going to be my first little tiny excited bunny that just wants to be loved Aww. it's adorable i love it um it's been well animated I have enjoyed it so far. It has been nice seeing, like, there's been little, like, flashbacks to, like, Ash earlier in his life. There's, it's felt like watching this, knowing that this set of characters is going to lead to the end of Ash and Pikachu's journey. Yeah, I see it. They're trying to wrap up plot threads in a way that, like, other Pokemon series really haven't. Mm. Uh, what about you? What do you watch this week? I watched both the Nola Holmes movies. You did. I, I, I had nothing to do on a Friday night, so I got the whetstone out. Yeah. I sharpened two of the kitchen knives that were blunt as heck, and I watched two okay movies that would have been so much better if they hadn't had Helena Bonham Carter in them. <laughs> I mean, I saw most of one of them, yeah, you saw and most of the one. had a surprisingly positive time. Yeah. I, Having recently watched the H-Bomber Guy video of why the Sherlock series sucks, <laughs> yeah. it was nice to watch a a a... Sherlock Holmes style story, that sort of mystery story of you can learn everything by watching this. You you can work it out yourself as an yeah. audience member. You are not expected to act on information you didn't have that only only Sherlock at the end will reveal, well, I knew this and this and this. Yeah, you just somehow knew that by telepathy and foresight. Yeah. And that is way less interesting and it's weird because I I don't know when I sort of dropped off of Sherlock Holmes stuff because I used to really love, um I used to watch like tons of reruns of the Basil Rathbone series. Yeah. And as a kid, watched an awful lot of Columbo and Murder She Wrote repeats. 
always like deliberately missing the first 10 minutes of any episode of Columbo, just so I too get the mystery. Yeah. And then concluding it's whoever's just being nice to Columbo. It's <laughs> always whoever's just being nicest. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's fine. It was nice to see Billy, Millie Bob, Bobby Brown with hair. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and being able to chat more. It seemed like she had a lot of fun making those films. There was, uh, like, just, like, a, a, a fun adventure-ness of it. I guess it's supposed to be a kid's movie, but I never saw it pitched as a kid's movie. Yeah. But thinking about it, I, I guess it is. But, yeah, it's, yeah, it was... A, a way to spend four and a half hours uh, <laughs> of an evening while I sharpen some knives. Yeah. Yay. Uh, what about you? What else have you watched? Oh, we watched a fascinating hour and a half documentary we together. Did? Uh, over uh, on which the... you knew about. I knew about, but I'd been like, I'd been putting it off because people kept shouting at me to watch it. I and like, I didn't want it. I got stubborn. People wouldn't, it wouldn't stop telling me to watch it. So I didn't want to watch Would it. Would you but... say your demand was pathologically avoided? I mean, I mean, I may have pathologically avoided that demand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we watched uh, over on the defunct land YouTube channel, uh, Disney channels theme, a history mystery. Yes. Um, I don't want to go too into depth on where it goes, but it I understand the people who who point to it as like a uh, a similar but opposing f- video to the um Roblox oof. The Roblox oof video we talked about a little while yes. ago. Um in that it is a it is a quest to find out the origin of a piece of music or a sound a sound file. Um but this takes a very different approach with that journey. Mm-hmm. Rather than being an unraveling uh, chaotic journey of of uh, w- investigating one person, it is a journey into like a 2000s four-note bit of music that plays on some like... Idents. Uh, some idents on the Disney Channel. Yeah. And trying to work out who created that piece of music... I, I think it's fair to say initially as this person has created a piece of music that is instantly recognizable to an entire generation of children, but nobody is is credited for that. And trying to go this per- this person deserves to be known for the for the thing they did, and that generally people who create uncredited works deserve to have credit for the things they have made. And then it goes on a very big journey, A, down the rabbit hole of how you find out who makes a thing like this, hmm. but also another another entire rabbit hole that only becomes apparent much later. Yes. And it is beautiful and heartwarming mm-hmm. and definitely deserves to be called a documentary. Absolutely. And, and that person who made it is definitely a documentarian. Yep. Yep, they are definitely a documentarian. The the production value and the pacing and the thoughtfulness and just the amount of research, yeah, and just the the, the it's all handled in a way that is very very respectful and that I I can't imagine a better way of telling that story. Yeah, it is beautiful. It is well worth sticking with the journey that it goes on. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, you watch anything else? I think that's it, really. It's it's not been a media-heavy week. It's been a 
appear on, on on Strange Podcast and brace yourself for book stuff. Yeah. Also, yeah. we spent four hours of the weekend uh, preparing Frosthaven, which I arrived. Mean, yeah. We, we we didn't so much play it as we dealt with twenty seven boards of punch board. Yes. And, um, that. That is on our pile for once book stuff is out the way and we can make weekend plans again, we are going to dive into Frosthaven. Oh, We're yeah. very excited. But for now, we didn't really actually spend a lot of time yeah. playing stuff or yeah. watching stuff. We, we didn't know how free our weekends were going to be. No. It was all a little up in the air. Once the press stuff is, is dealt with, we will probably... And the signings. Have and the signings. We'll probably have yeah. more things to talk about. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's everything I've listened to. Well then. Oh, sorry, that's everything I've watched. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you sometimes go, ah, I, I want to watch that, but I feel like it, um, is that, is that I one can't of the... remember, is that one of the people we don't engage yeah. with anymore because I, of the yeah, thing. Yeah, I remember that person's name, but I don't know whether it's because they did something good or did something bad. It could really be either way, and I don't remember enough keywords to find out. Right. And yeah. you can go, that person controversy, that person homophobia, that person transphobia, that person racist, that person anti-Semitic. Yeah, but then you forgot to search that person ableist and like, oh, yeah, no, completely missed it. Yeah, you watched it, you talk about it with a friend and you're like, oh, you're watching the ableist. And it's like, ah, oh, uh, yeah. I was well, trying I mean, to be... I mean, yeah, look, look the worst is, is is exactly that. When you, you talk to other people about stuff you've, you've, you've consumed and then they're like, oh, that's got the bad person. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that had the bad person. I was enjoying it in a vacuum without I tried really hard to make sure yeah. that I hadn't done the thing and yeah. i still miss something. and even without even even with all that effort i still sometimes miss things yeah there's yeah, got yeah. to be a better way there is a better way and that's it that there is a better way and that better way is is it problematic dot lol dot net oh i i imagine i can guess exactly what this sponsor does exactly it's like does the dog die? But for problematic celebrities oh. and directors, so I can I can click on this film and be like, oh yeah, it's it's directed by 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 someone who shouts at all the interns and makes them cry. That's probably worth knowing. Pro- probably don't watch that, or, yeah. or maybe just illegally download it and then don't mm-hmm. tell people about the thing. Exactly. Or oh, if you that... do, encourage people to also illegally download it. Exactly. I uh, you know I I click on that on that TV show. Oh, that's from that one of that person who who did that bad crime. Oh, oh also I the director that one. was that person who uh, did that. All those many, 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 many awful things uh, the Hollywood covered up for years. Well, this is going to save me so much time and professional embarrassment. Right. That's is it problematic. Dot Enter the code Q and P S two four six and. Get free access to the app. It's coming soon for iOS and Android and shoes. Ooh. Ah, I can just hold my phone up to the piece of media and it'll let me know. Yeah, you can just go beep. Oh, that's a scene oh. from that series. Don't want to watch that series. It's going to save me so much trouble. Right. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, it's that time of year again. Bonus. 
Uh, well, yeah, it is bonus season, yeah. but uh, before we get to bonus season, it's layoff season. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Exactly. If we let them all go now, we don't have to pay them bonuses. That's more money that we can have as our bonuses. More in the pot. Exactly. More that we can, you can, we can go like, oh, look how much money we didn't spend. Shareholders be so happy with us. Yeah. Exactly. And give us a bonus, a performance yeah. bonus on top of our bonus that we'll get for doing exactly. all this. So... Unfortunately, right. people have been noticing the layoffs and are going, oh, why are you letting people go? They've been working hard. Why don't you keep them employed? Blah, 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 blah. I, who, who I would say who was talking about that. They shouldn't know. Well, exa- well, I mean, look, we did, the people who got fired are saying that they're, you know, looking for work. It unfortunately does I mean, make that, it a little that obvious. That implies that, that they're talking about the fact that they no longer work here, which seems like a breach of confidentiality. I'm sure we could probably get them on that, right? Well, I mean, look, that's a problem for another day. The problem for today is how do we spin right. this? How do we spin this that this wasn't just us, you know, having a, que- a greedy, uh, quick cash grab? Have we tried? Nuh-uh. We tried. Nuh-uh. They, they're really getting wise to nuh-uh. I, I used to love nuh-uh. I know, right? It's disappointing. Nuh-uh doesn't have the same ring to it anymore. Uh, okay, okay. Here's what, here's one I've got. Uh, uh, we didn't fire them. We're giving them mandatory time off to enjoy the game they just finished making. Right? I mean, how else will they get the experience? Yeah. I mean, they're we're not giving them keys or anything. No, right? God, no. Right. No. Okay. no, no, this is a bullshit lie and we're not giving right, them game right, keys. But right, like, right. you know, it's like, hey, you, you, you've got to, you, you need time off to play our amazing, wonderful game with all of its long-term, uh, <laughs> long-term gameplay or whatever. You can't do that while working here. Go go not work here. We're giving them time uh, to rest after all the hard work that they put in. Exactly. Uh, we know that staff love working here so much, it would be unfair for anyone to stay too long. So, you know, we're making room for more people to get a turn to work at uh, Supremacy Software in our wonderful family. Right. I mean, you wouldn't, you know, you would, you wouldn't let someone, the same group of people, stay on the roller coaster all day, right? Exactly. You have to let people yeah. get on, so get off, so other people can get on. Exactly. We're like the ride attendants. We're just saying, hey, it's the next party. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, Queenie guy will deal with you know the sick on the chairs and stuff and all the things under yeah, the desk and you know exactly. we, we let the next slot on uh, i got i got one more idea i got one right, more idea right uh, if all this fails we had to fire them because they all did crimes and have to be let go and no you can't see the evidence that they did crimes because they did the crimes in the office and the cctv's got like uh, i don't know uh, unreleased game assets or whatever visible oh, yeah, in the footage yeah. so uh, like corporate, it, corporate, yeah corporate yeah. secrets yeah, so yeah, like yeah, we yeah. can't show you the cctv of them doing crimes but like every single one of them did a crime all of them all of them and i mean it's barely even a lie like most of them occasionally took bathroom breaks. That's a that's a crime in my book. That's a crime in my book. That's I mean that's us paying them for for nothing. That, that's I mean, pissing pay, on company time. That we, is. We don't pay them to piss. No. We don't give them piss pay. We do not give them piss pay. No. I give other people money for that. <laughs> well, 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 you doing your own time. You are a fucking genius. <laughs> I know. So, <gasps> speaking of things you've watched, listened. Yeah. What have you listened to? Uh, I've not listened to a lot, but I've listened to a couple of new things. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back and listened to a Gerard Way solo uh, song called The Water is Wide, Oh Wally Wally. 
uh, which is a cover of a, um, a folk song. I had no idea this track existed because of the movie Tusk. Yeah? Yeah, I had no idea this was made for the movie Tusk. This beautiful falsetto, very delicate, um, intricately sung piece of music. It's goddamn beautiful and heartbreaking. I didn't know that it was made for Tusk. Um, apparently it also appears in Clerks 3, and uh, that's where most people know it from, is people who watched Clerks 3 are like, this was used to such amazing effect in Clerks 3, and I'm like, well, well, um, but yeah, absolutely, some of the most, like, soft, gentle, intricate falsetto that I've ever heard out of Gerard Way's voice Mm. was created for a movie about a man being forcibly turned into a walrus against his will. Sometimes you just get turned into a walrus. Yeah, and sometimes that brings out, like, dainty falsetto from Gerard Way, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I went back and listened to some music from the uh, the, the band Leathermouth, because they came up this week in my thinking for a couple of reasons. One, watched a lengthy interview with Frank Iero, who is the lead singer of Leathermouth, about the Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge My Chemical Romance album, which while watching that, it did remind me of the existence of the Leathermouth song, I'm Going to Kill the President of the United States of America, uh, a song for which um, Frank Iero did get a visit from from the the, the FBI, is my understanding, Ah. uh, and was told, no, you cannot publish that song anymore with that name on it. Um, it's a good track though it is a very like grungy punk track about the state of American politics in the late 2000s Um, very scream and distortion heavy designed deliberately to provoke the target of its message very pro-killing fascists and very anti-American patriotism which is a vibe I can get behind Mm -hmm. Uh, and the other thing I listened to was I went and listened to some L.S. Dunes, which is the sort of supergroup that has recently formed that has Frank Iero in it, that I am hopefully seeing this weekend, if there's time around signings. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I've talked about this band before. I'm listening to a bunch of their music because I'm basically just pumping myself up, ready to go see and play live. In particular, I will I will shout out the track that's had me most excited about seeing them live. It's called Permanent Rebellion. Very bouncy, chaotic energy rock. It's the kind of thing where it's like, it gets pretty heavy, but in a way that like, oh yeah, I want to be like bouncing and dancing and being like, hell yeah to it. Um, Like it's not angry while being heavy. So that's, that's fun. I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing LS Dunes, assuming there is time in amongst the mountain of books. Uh, What about you? What have you listened to? I've only listened to one thing and it's probably quite a weird choice. I listened to the Metal Gear Solid 2 soundtrack, a game I have barely played. I I yeah. spent, I think, ten minutes throwing Raiden up and down a flight of stairs on an, a tanker at the beginning of the game and became immediately bored about the rest of it and didn't bother. And I've never played another Metal Gear since. Um, It came up, I was required to do something involving it, I can't really say what, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's, it's alright. It has some tense bits. Uh, the Revengeance soundtrack is probably more my jam. It, it was it was way more metal. I, yeah. I kind of enjoyed that aspect. But yeah, it's alright. If, if that's your thing. Tunes. 
slightly dramatic. Ooh. Ooh. Have you listened to anything else? Ah, that's it for me, really. Again, it's been a it's been a weird week for for media yeah. consumption. Yeah, it's been not a lot of anything specific. Not not really had time for anything. It's, Just work. It's, it's been a lot of work. what what can we wedge in with uh, uncertainty around how much time we have. Exactly. Yeah. Well then, time for this. It's it's this way this way, General. This way, if you could come with me. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm yeah. here. I'm here. Yeah, um, now you've you've heard about the squash. Oh yes, yes. No, the, not the uh, racquetball. No, no, no. The uh, the diluting juice, the the concentrated uh, fruity fruity drink, the 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 cordial. Like a cordial, but it's called squash because that's the correct name for it. Yes, it is. That is. It is called squash, and that is what we were calling because it it's the correct name. Indeed. <laughs> well, any anyway, now we've cleared that out of the way. I have some dire warnings about the squash. What, 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 how dire could squash be? Well, if you'll remember, back in the 80s, it was just squash and occasionally barley water. Yes, 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 as, as it should be. And then, well, 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 then they introduced double concentrated squash. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It was, it was, a, it was a About dang- a decade ago. It was, it was a dangerous time. Uh, we had, we had so many, uh, we had so many sugar overdoses occurring. It was, uh... There were injuries involving people getting injured, literally burning their tongues. Yes, yes, quite, quite. And you'll remember that sometime in the last three years we've had quadruple concentrated squash. Yes, yes, I remember, I remember. Uh, I, 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 uh... People are really not good at eyeballing a quarter of what they used to eyeball. It's uh, it's it's been chaos and devastation. Indeed, but I I I'm afraid to tell you, we've just discovered the existence of eight times concentrated squash. Eight 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 times. If things go on this way, by the end of 2025, we will have a squash so concentrated that one micron of it will be liable to cause some kind of fruit cascade. Well, exactly. We're exponentially increasing. If you double it every time, you know, uh, you know, it doesn't seem that much when you go from 1 to 2 to 4 to 8, but then, you know, then it goes to 16, then it's to 32. Before you know it, it, it it's, it's, it's absolute anarchy. Indeed. If this were to get into the ocean, we might have apple and blackcurrant seaweed by the weekend. <gasps> oh no! What do we? What get 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 every get everyone get every garrison we have. We must we'll stop this now. Nora, yeah, Nora, wake up! I think uh, I think I can hear something weird weird downstairs. Uh, what's that? Did, did that sound like someone dropping a bunch of bananas to you? I mean, I don't have a reference point for what someone dropping a bunch of bananas sounds like, but now that you mention it, maybe? Yeah, yeah. That was definitely the sound of something moving through water. Huh. You didn't leave a tap on or anything. No, no, no. That sounded like glass being dropped or something. I mean, that could have been smudge. I mean, maybe someone's just pushed something off the table? Maybe, maybe. I mean, it doesn't explain the other noises, but... Well, I mean, where would she even get bananas? I mean, heaven knows. Was that, was that bubbles? Some, some bubbles blowing? I, I mean, it could be? It's all very strange. Okay, okay, I'm just... Okay. I'm gonna brave it. Okay, I've, I'm, I'm 
Gonna borrow your sword, is that okay? Oh yeah, go ahead. Who's down there? Friend or Foley? Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How are you doing? Oh, mate. Cold. Real cold at the moment. Blankets on top of blankets on top of blankets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in the thick of it at the moment. We are. The thick, downy, downy tog of it. Oh, that indeed. You've been, you've been up too much. Oh, you know, I've been, uh, I've been, I've been aware of the internet again. Yeah, yeah. it's an exhausting place to be aware of. Oh yes, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you'd seen anything about this. Have you, have you seen? There's been a trend of uh, cis white gay men of a certain age uh, downplaying Section Twenty Eight as a way to own the transes. Uh, no, I, I hadn't. Most of the people I know who uh, were openly queer during section 28 uh, still talk about it in in hushed tones of absolute horror yeah yeah it's so a lot of this is like very specifically anti-trans uh, adjacent ones who are right. basically trying to go um the fight for for uh, gay lesbian bisexual equality is not comparable to the fight for trans equality and in order to do that they have to try and suggest that we do not have any struggles in common uh, you know, that we are not members of a shared fight for equality. And in right. order to do this, they have been basically trying to argue, oh, Section 28 was nothing. You know, the you know, uh, uh, the AIDS crisis, that, that was a thing, and it impacted cis gay people. Uh, the uh, Section 28, oh, it's barely anything. No one actually got arrested for, for, for telling kids about LGBT people. Like, it, it, it didn't even do anything. It, it barely was a thing. Uh, you were all you were all children, so like don't don't act as if any of you were even impacted by it. Uh, you know, uh, we had the real struggle. You know, it's 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 suffering Olympics. Uh, I I I I'll be honest, mate. I am absolutely flabbergasted by this, and I mean, it, maybe because I don't read newspapers, but you know, I know. I, I I know gay men in their like seventies and eighties. I'm I'm been friends yeah. with them for years, and, and they talk about you know the the nightmare of it and the, yeah. and, the and the hell of it. And and I, I don't think you know a bunch of lesbians stormed the six o'clock news exactly. when I was a kid. I, yeah. you know, just to just to to you know argue against section yeah. twenty eight when. When well, if it was nothing, then yeah. then why didn't well, any of that happen? I want to be clear that like I do not in any way want to imply that this is in, in the majority or even like a large subset. This, this is, is they've they found their their Milo Yiannopoulos who's willing to say yeah. the awful thing just to make trans people well, suffer. Yeah, that's the, all fine. The only reason it? I bring it up is like I I don't usually like to give things that are from this small of a minority voice. Uh, you know, dissenting voice, the air that they're clearly looking for. Yeah. But the problem is, is that this one is starting to spread enough that it is becoming like it is. These people are being used as examples by anti-trans lots as their gotchas against trans people. Like this is one of the new waves of bullshit that we have to be aware of and, and be ready to counter. Is anti-trans folks going? Yeah, Section 28 really wasn't uh, a, a big deal. Stop making such a big deal out of it. You uh, trans because they're trying to trying to make the argument that trans people have never been oppressed, and you know, Section 28 is a hard thing for them to argue. You know, wasn't a blatant uh, form of legal 
discrimination that harmed that community hugely. Yeah. They gotta go, nope, it didn't harm anyone. It was basically nothing. You just you you're you're pretending a thing you barely remember, probably didn't know you were living through, you're pretending it had any impact on you. Alright. You like too long to to know about laws. How did it impact you at all? I mean, it impacted me in the way that I went most of the way through school, knew only three people who were even said to be queer by, you know, other, like, and, like, constantly said. And and in in a way that wasn't super denied, and they were all horribly persecuted because these were children whose parents were horribly homophobic because we lived in a country where that was deeply encouraged by so many sources well like you know is is the thing like i might not have known that there was a law called section 28 that was causing it all the specifics when i was growing up but i sure knew that when i tried to talk to one of my teachers about how i felt to go like "Uh, i don't understand what's happening do you know uh you know their response was legally required to not in any way affirm or explain anything in a way that like absolutely absolutely shot down my you know my attempts to learn about myself it seemed you know i got the message that oh no no we don't talk about this we you can't talk about this and that you know stopped me coming out for god knows how long you know you put that alongside all the bullying that section 28 really propagated because teachers weren't sure whether they could punish homophobic and transphobic bullying because if you punish the bullies are you saying that it's not bad to be gay or trans you know, it had a real, it had a real impact. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I remember having a gay teacher who was, you know, regularly uh, getting quite a lot of flack from certain parent groups. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was not a fun time. And uh, this really feels like the type of thing of. Uh, there's been a, a few troll accounts popping up across of Twitter recently saying deeply inflammatory things, seemingly just because. And then somehow almost immediately getting 800 uh, word articles published in the mail about, oh, the the, the woke lot are trying to clamp down on on this song or whatever. Yeah, that one with 14 followers that was like, oh, the trans is trying to ban Aretha Franklin. Yeah, Yeah. and, and a bunch of other things like... I know this is obviously a troll account yeah, and but like, uh, most of my friends know that this is obviously a troll account. How did that get an 800 word article in the freaking mail? Well, I mail? mean, we all know how it got an 800 word account. Because it was probably set up by someone who writes for I the mean, fucking mail. I yeah. mean, bit, a little bit of that, a little bit of uh, media outlets seeing something that confirms their bias and uh, not wanting to look further. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, hug, mate. Oh, God, yeah. Ugh. <sighs> Ah, good hug, mate. Good hug. Right, I think I'm going to have some ice cream. Oh, that sounds lovely. Nice, nice. So, Laura. Yes? Uh, tell us the things that you do. Ah, well, me. Generally, I I do stuff at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, uh, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. uh, YouTube. All the places that have usernames, you can find me on those. Uh, Mastodon, uh, Laura K. Buzz at tech.lgbt. Um, 
you, you, you can find me everywhere. Um, I, I've got a video up about Forspoken and its accessibility settings if you want to see more of that. Um, I I did a TikTok. Uh, there was a TikTok of me talking to the BBC about gender recognition certificates that has like coming up on 90,000 views. Wowza. Um, Laura K. Buzz, you'll find all the stuff I'm doing. All the stuff. Um, what about you, Jane? What are you and I, I see what you're holding. What have we been doing? You hear that? Do you hear that? That's the sound of book. That's rifling that's through what, the pages of a book. That's what we did. There's no rifles in this book. Oh no, no. Ri- well, there might be rifles. There might be. Well, actually, there might be rifles in yeah, this book. Yeah, there might be rifles in this book. Uh, but, but, I mean, digital rifles. <laughs> yeah, just in this yeah. physical book. There are not physical rifles in this book. <laughs> no. <laughs> Otherwise, they might have fallen out while I was rifling through the pages. <laughs> oh no. Uh, it's Who Hunts the Whale. It's by us. We wrote it. Yeah. You wrote it. And I wrote it. And we wrote it. And it's got art on it, and it's it's got lovely little uh, raised shiny bits oh, for yeah. all the graphics on the front. Some of the graphics on the front are like shiny in a different way to the the background of the cover. It feels nice in your hand. <sighs> yeah, it's a good touch texture. This book. I'll, I actually like the printed font more than I thought I was going yeah. to. Now I've, that I'm holding the, it in my these hand, these things always look different in print. That is true. Yeah, and uh, uh, I like the sizing of things. I think they've done pretty good there. Yeah. I'm 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 happy that we've done a book. I'm glad that you're happy. That is always the thing when you get a book. Is like, okay, I'm gonna open this. Am I happy with it? I immediately looked for a very relatable horse. Yep. I found the very relatable found the horse. Very relatable it made me happy. Horse. Yay. And uh, we that those are some words that we put in a book. Those are some words that we put in a book. <sighs> no one can no one can stop that. No one can stop that. It's already happened. It's gone to print. People will have it in their hands soon. That's available at unbound.com slash book slash whale. Or you can get it at bookshop.org, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, other bookshops exist. Can maybe get it from your local bookshop. That's a good choice. You don't have to go to, say, an awful bookshop. <laughs> I mean, run by an awful I mean, maybe go there to find out the ISBN number to tell your local bookshop. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Maybe that. But, yeah, there's ways of doing it. And... It, there is there is ebooks you can get those direct from Unbound because people have asked about that that yeah. that is an available yeah there's there's a few places you can get the ebook from there yeah but yeah you can get those yeah. you can get those and me other stuff that I do I can be found at Linktree that's linkter.ee slash Janiac J A N E I A C I got music under the name Bedroom Programmer you can find podcasty stuff you can find my streaming bits. You can help support me at patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. Uh, Laura, <gasps> will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. Mm-hmm.